Hello. Here we are. Again. Here you are. <laughs> again. We find ourselves here again. I'm Danielle. And I'm Lily. Do you want, should we say our last names? I'm Danielle Nelson. Sure. I'm Lily Rogers. For and you're listening. Who don't know. You're listening to It's a Shame. Yep. It's a podcast about breaking down shame, unpacking shame, getting rid of shame. All Welcome. We we hope you're here uh, to uh, dismantle your shame, and if you're just a voyeur, well, welcome. Listen to us talk about ours. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, uh, the Oscars were last weekend. Oh, and R- and R. we and well, they're coming. See, we're recording on a Wednesday yeah. before the Oscars, but when this airs, the Oscars will have aired. Yeah, and I really hope that future us is celebrating a victorious win for um, Parasite. Parasite. Yeah, um, and I I am praying that we are not mourning because the Joker won. Yeah. And here's the thing. You may be surprised. We didn't hate the Joker as much as one might think we would have hated it. No, no, no. It, it had its merits. It was a fine movie. It there had its things merits. about it that were fine. It should the have been. The acting was superb. The acting was superb. I keep, my way of explaining it is it should have been a summer blockbuster that got a handful of nominations for things like art direction. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Right, but right. like, Or maybe even a best acting category because, yeah, we get it, Joaquin Phoenix, you're talented as fuck. Oh, I mean, he's going to win because, I mean, that was a powerhouse performance. But, yeah, for those types of things, I mean, best picture, no. Best directing, no. Uh, no. <laughs> but it's hard to say that anything should win Best Picture after seeing Parasite. It's though. so true. I really yeah. honestly believe that it was the best movie I've seen in a really long time. It was one of those movies like I just couldn't stop talking about it afterwards. Thinking about and unpacking yeah, I still and finding haven't like new nuances to it and new. I want to like, see it again. Themes. Oh yeah. I want to see it too. so many times just to like watch different parts of it and like unpack the meanings of everything. Yeah. So my going away party for work because I'm leaving my job motherfucker. only a few days it's friday so friday night i'm gonna do a happy hour so what i was gonna say is i'll probably be a little hungover saturday and i'm gonna take the opportunity to finally go see jojo rabbit oh yeah yeah because i haven't seen it yet and then i really i would like to see bombshell but i don't know if it's playing anywhere so we'll see i'm not sure if it's still out i mean i'm sure it is because i think that they just keep everything that's nominated for anything if it was yeah. in the theater around nominations time, it just stays in the yeah. theater. I'm bummed that we didn't. We, every year we say we're going to do one of those short film things. I know. You know what? Next year I'm going to put it in my calendar. Yeah. And watch all the shorts and put an alarm 24 hours or whatever in advance and be like, okay, the Ken is showing the short films on this night or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're coming to you from the past, <laughs> yeah. people of the future, and we just don't even know anything about the Oscars. Yet. No, and I'm excited. I think yeah. it's gonna. I think coming off of the catastrophic uh, news day that we've had today, um, I, I, I we will see if people are political and sending messages of solidarity. I will tell I you this: so. driving home today in Hillcrest um, on more than one street corner, where people just with signs out there protesting. Yeah. And it really, really warmed my heart because it was like, you know, the whole, I think it's like the New York Times or maybe it's Washington Post has the, this little slogan like, Did democracy dies in darkness. Yeah. And I just keep feeling. It's the Washington Post. Yeah. I, just, I keep feeling like that's what's happening. And like, you know, because like we're so isolated. Yeah. But then like you're driving home and you see a bunch of people on street corners with like, no one's above the law, like vote 2020 and like. You know, and they're just angry, and I'm honking my horn. They're like, "Whoa!" You know, and it was it just felt good. And yeah. I saw that on two separate street corners in Hillcrest, and that was that was super nice to see. Yeah, it's encouraging that you know, hey, not everybody's spirit is dead. Yeah, and I, <laughs> so maybe we'll get some of that at the Oscars. Maybe yeah, we'll get some political speeches, which people hate, but I always enjoy. I think that they're like when they're well done. I always enjoy them, also. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. So besides, you know. Friday being your last day, what else is new? Anything? I'm doing this crazy surreal thing like when you're in the midst of change where you have like crazy stress dreams, Mm. like driving your car on a frozen lake and like spots of it are less frozen than others and trying to know that. And yeah, like those kind of dreams. And then just like 
um, a very dear friend who I've worked with for years, we don't work in the same department anymore, um, came down to my office today to check in and see how I was doing. And, and it was like, it made me tear up a little bit because it was the first time that somebody had like, that knew me from the job had, cause I've been there including my internship almost eight years, which is just crazy. It's, I know it's insane. And she was just like, are you, how are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. are you, where are you at? And in the grieving period, even though it's a celebratory, you know, change, it's still right. like I'm leaving a routine and a pattern and, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. And, um, I, I really love my private practice and I, I really enjoy all the clients I had. Oh, I had good. a client tonight that was, we had a really, really good session and I left feeling, uh, inspired and mm. ready to read more and learn more and Excellent. network and all the stuff I'm supposed to do that I can't wait to do. <laughs> so I know I'm making the right decision, but you know, in any life decision that's a big one toward the end, you start to do the fuck. Oh, yeah, totally. Shoulda, coulda, wouldas. And- well, also, I mean, I think that just anything that's like a part of your life for an extended period of time, even if, you know, it hasn't been like the best thing or the most pleasant thing or whatever, and you know that it's time to move on, all of that, still, there's just like that familiarity thing that is scary to leave. And then 100%. it brings up like all those other feelings of like nostalgia. It's yeah. like how you talk yourself out of ending a, a relationship long past when you should have. You're like, yes. but there's some great things about it. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. when it's great, it's great. I was <laughs> just having this conversation with a client actually about her job that she left. And she was like, I don't know. I feel so callous because like I'm just so done with it that like even the formalities that I have to do seem like, oh, why do I have to do it? Mm. And I was talking about how like women – tend to like in my experience like stay in relationships way longer mm-hmm. than they sh- they probably should because there's always the like things will get better if this changes or if and when you do that for long enough you emotionally leave the relationship oh, absolutely because you you bargained for so long that there's just like yeah you have nothing there's left nothing to give left. yeah well I, that's why like I always used to joke that like women like when they're done they're just done yeah and it's because like they've been done in small ways for so long that Mm -hmm. like and like you know it might seem like whoa this is coming out of nowhere and like you're just absolutely done and you're just like no yeah (laughs) it's been building because but then it's just definitive like you make that sort of space where you're like no because I think you just have to weigh a lot of things in your mind right and like make sure that like you're safe and you have like a place to move on to and you have a plan and all of those things right and it's just sort of like once all those things are kind of in place in your mind and in your life then you're like bye yeah because it took it's just like the same kind of thing like it just took me so many um experiences and like yeah. Uh, and now it's, it's time and I knew it was time earlier and, and I feel really, I feel really good that I busted my ass for a year doing two jobs and, um, yeah. Yeah. This is an exciting time. Thank yeah. you for asking. Yes. It, it feels good to talk about. I'm excited it. to see the next steps. I'm excited to invest more of my time in the podcast. <laughs> uh, we just, Lily and I had a talk, uh, last night, last yeah, night, last night, uh, just about, uh, goals for the podcast, future mm-hmm. for the podcast. And that both of us just with you taking on this new, like really, really like, uh, the, the the huge brushstroke that is your new role at work. It's yeah. just like crazy all the stuff you're doing, and then me like finishing one job, starting it. But anyway, yes, the podcast becoming more of a priority, and we're so looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm distracted because oh, my cats again, uh, wrestling. They always love to wrestle right when we start podcasting. They're podcasts. They are podcasts, and they really want to be a part of it. Yeah, it's really cute. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, it's it. I am excited that I think just sort of uh, having more room in our both of our brains for us, creative spaces and creating mm-hmm. in general is yeah. going to be so awesome. One hundred percent. So yeah, that's very exciting, and to like be able to like have the the energy to like push each other and push the podcast forward and push other projects mm-hmm. forward is going to be really fun. So yeah, yeah. And I feel like this is just the beginning of like a lot of creative stuff we're going to take on. I and feel that way yeah. too. <clears throat> it's good. Um, shall we brand new information? Yeah, sure. Let's 
brand new information. Okay. <laughs> so I can start if you want me to. You can Well, you should because in traditional uh, slacker me style, I don't have, I'm going to, I don't have one, but I'm going to come up with one on the fly. Okay. Maybe mine can inspire something. That's what I'm hoping. So um, <laughs> I was reading randomly this article today uh, and it was sort of like a examination of, um, sort of the increasing discontent in heterosexuality. Ah. You know, like you do. Mm -hmm. That tracks. <laughs> yeah, right. I was just like, oh, this sounds interesting because it was just like, oh, like, you know, we're just seeing a lot of it. There's patterns of it, whatever. That's not really the point. So anyway, the author in within this article um, references, uh, okay, I, I wrote it down because I'm like, I'm, I know I'm going to forget it. Uh, Lysistrata? Um, Lysistrata? Lysistrata. Yeah, either way. Lysistrata, Lysistrata. I looked up how to pronounce that it's either one, but yes. Okay. So I had totally not known about this because I not uh, I didn't study classics and I didn't read a lot of Greek um, plays. I should know this character, but you know, everything that I did learn in that realms, I promptly forgot because I wasn't interested. Um, so anyway, I was just reading about her and like sort of that whole, I did know about the, um, sort of the, not myth, but the, the story of how, uh, a, women were withholding sex to end a war basically. Yes. And how it didn't really work because men, um, <laughs> because men, uh, so within that, realm I kept reading so I was like oh this is so fascinating I completely didn't know like the details of this or the names or whatever but then I found one of the most interesting facts is that so the women are describing all of the ways that they're gonna like stop like pleasing their men right they're mm -hmm. like I'm gonna stop pointing my silk stockings or like silk slippers to the ceiling you know and like mm -hmm. like I'm gonna stop you know or I'm gonna wear all my sexiest outfits but then never fuck my husband I'm going to stop pretending like your ideas were ever good. Yeah. <laughs> and so one woman says, I'm going to stop doing the lioness on a cheese grater. Mm. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Turns out it was like a sex move. Mm. Have you, do you know about this? I don't know about the lioness on, lioness I be, on the cheese grater. Okay. Tell me about it. Because I don't know it by name, but I may know it by function. Right, right, right. <laughs> so they like, did all of these like scholars for years have been like, what the fuck is the lioness on the cheese grater? And is it is it bodily and is it a sex act? It is definitely a sex move. But they were like, what the hell is it? And so then there were all these theories that cheese slicers in ancient Greece had like lion handles and so they were like oh it's like this position of like the woman like bending over and being penetrated from behind because of the way that the handle entered the slicer or whatever and mm. but basically all these scholars were like that's total bullshit um they didn't have handles like that they resemble very much cheese graters like we have today mm -hmm. <laughs> like whatever so basically now it's like moved on and on from like women just being like taken from behind like you know most male stories would have you believe sure and instead they now really strongly believe that it's more about the like actual like movement of cheese across a grater friction. so it's like woman on top yeah i'd like more friction right friction so it's sure. definitely like that move more and like actually like the sliding of like the vulva over something sure you know Where's right. that clitoris going to go? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and of course, that is, was completely overlooked and like misinterpreted uh, for so many years by scholars. Such a bummer. <laughs> it's like, but it's about the handle and taking her from behind. Exactly. No, it's right. about flipping her upside down. <laughs> and it's like, take like a woman scholar and she's like, it's just grinding like, fiction. Like, have you ever seen anybody great cheese? It's like that. It's like that. Because <laughs> sometimes, Yeah. But anyway, it made me, like, really happy, and now I want to, like, do something, like, make a t-shirt or something, like, lioness on the cheese grater. Uh, <laughs> if we ever start a production company, it's, That's what it's called, called lioness on the cheese grater production. <laughs> yeah. It just made me happy. So, like, it's just, like, one of those things where, like, reading a random article leads to, like, some, like, really beautiful, weird, like, imagery and facts. So that's my I love it. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't thought about like Greek plays in mm. so long. And that, God, I haven't thought about that one in particular. 
I feel like with I, you know, my, my undergrad was in English and, um, I just, I, if I had a dollar for every time I had to talk about fucking Beowulf, uh-huh. I mean, my loans would be paid off. Um, oh, Beowulf. Brand new information. Um, you know, maybe I'll do a brand new information that's like a self-disclosure. Okay. And, uh, we'll segue us into our topic. Okay. Um, this may be... Uh, brand new information to some listeners, depending on where you're at. Um, I have MS and I went, when I was diagnosed, it was 2006 and a lot has changed since then. But when I first was diagnosed, I was told that it wouldn't, it wouldn't be ideal for me to have children mm. because women go into relapse when they get pregnant, which is, or sorry, they go into remission when they get pregnant. But then after they have the babies, uh, some women have like very serious relapses resulting in things like not even being able to hold. Mm. Cause like you just don't have the, so at the time I was like, Oh, that's going to interfere. And I, the brand new information piece for me to you is like, I think, because I was thinking about it after we Skyped, like, when did I know I didn't want to have children? Mm -hmm. And it was actually after someone told me that, like, it probably wouldn't be ideal. Right. And I didn't feel anything. Hmm. Okay. And I was like, sure, if that is something I want one day. And it it wasn't like I grieved it. It wasn't like I was scared. It wasn't like I started making mental plans Mm -hmm. or, like talking to family members like hey if I decide to you know what I mean right, like right. it was just kind of like like maybe I can get a surrogate or maybe yeah. I can like look into adoption yeah like, none of that happened mm-hmm. like none of it was just kind of like I mean I think it did like on a very surface level just like oh if I wanted to do it I guess I could do it this way but I think that was when I really realized like oh shit I've never wanted kids mm-hmm. and so introducing today's topic is <laughs> yes. the shame of being a woman who does not want kids. Yeah. And um, I think that this episode is going to have to come with a huge disclaimer in the beginning because this topic, we understand, is very, 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 very sensitive. Yep. Um, I've seen it firsthand. I've lived it firsthand. I, and we just want to emphatically <laughs> say... We are not against people having children. We are not anti-child. We no. applaud people who choose to have children and who are mothers and fathers and who wanted families and have them. Um, yep. We also, you know, we're going to try to be as sensitive as possible, although neither one of us know for sure or haven't necessarily experienced this except sort of in the way that you just said, like not being able to have children and, and having desperately wanted them. Yeah. Um, you know, so those are some areas that like we might talk around, but we don't have any experience with, um, because both of us are people who by choice do not have children, do not have children. Yeah. Um, and yeah, thank you for saying that. And that was really well said. Um, I feel like, um, my big thing is just like, I feel like I don't know cause I haven't tried like if I could have children, but I don't, I just haven't wanted them, so there hasn't been a ton of exploration. But I know that this is such a um, – it's a really – it's a sensitive topic. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunately one that women don't talk about enough. And, right. and it's talked about so little. And when it is talked about, it's very marginalized and it's very us versus them. And yes. there's not a lot of meeting in the middle. And I think as a result of the lack of communication, there just isn't the language around it. Mm-hmm. So disclaimer, like – we, I I know I will probably at some point say something that I later look back at and think that was insensitive. But right. again, I'm learning a language too in terms of like, how do I speak confidently as a woman who doesn't want children? Right. But also, and as soon as I say that out loud, I feel like I immediately have to say, I'm not judging you and I love children. Right. Exactly. Because that's not it at all. Yeah. I mean, so... Sort of interestingly, like with like creating a language or learning the language about how to talk about this, you know, I was reading, I read about this from time to time just because I find it an interesting topic. But, um, you know, I've read like a lot of studies have been done 
that more and more people are choosing not to have children. Right. Either because they can't afford them. Yeah. Or because they just don't really feel the desire to have them. But so we're growing in numbers, but we're not really growing in representation. It doesn't feel like as much like, or as quickly in representation. And like, we don't really have a lot of public discourse around people who opt not to have children. And I think that there's something very interesting about like, not want this kind of community, if you will, or population is probably a better word population of people who've decided not to have children. Like, it's it's very it varies it varies wildly from person to person yeah I mean I have friends I have set many friends uh just given my own choice in life not to have kids when I talk to other people in my life like I have some friends who are doing it uh or not doing it because of global warming and the environment and right. the impact and they just don't feel that it's responsible and then that's their take on it you know um for me Personally, I think maybe a good place for us to start out would mm-hmm. just kind of talk a little bit about our maybe our own experience of yeah. Um, I mean, I played with dolls growing up, but my dad would always like kind of joke and tease me that like I was the one who was like, "Okay, does everyone have their passports?" Like mm-hmm. while we were, you know, like once I learned what a passport was, I was like very curious about that in a lot of my like fictional fantasy play. Even as a kid, like my, I remember my sister and my cousin having to remind me or telling me, but don't you want to have one of the babies? Mm. And even as a kid, I was kind of like, no, like I have a different storyline. I'm kind of like Alexis from Dynasty a little bit. So like, you know, like I had a whole different thing going on. And then, um, I just, I never really, uh, wanted them like in a kind of like a biological yearning kind of way. And uh, I was worried about it, and I talked to women around me, and, you know, I got everything from, you know, you'll once you have them, you'll love them, just do it, mm-hmm. to um, if you don't want them, for the love of God, don't have them, mm-hmm. to the most popular answer I get now, which is um, freeze your eggs. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, it, the responses are, they differ wildly, but my answer is just kind of always the same. Like, I, I, I don't. I just don't want them. Yeah. I I, I love kids. I, I genuinely love kids. Like my history uh, at the hospital, the job I was talking about earlier with the internship, that internship being uh, a counselor, therapist, and clinical social worker in a neonatal intensive care unit. Right. And I worked in reproductive health and maternal child health for years. And I value more than anything what women can do with their bodies and and I think for me, the true value though is in the freedom to choose what you do with it. Yeah. And just because I don't want it doesn't mean that I devalue it in any way or that I don't appreciate kids. Right. I mean, I think that that's one of the like most difficult things um, about talking about this uh, stuff because it's just such a like intrinsic part of humanity mm-hmm. you know and I think that you know people who who do have that sort of like biological drive have a hard time understanding people who have never experienced that sure and like I'm definitely one of those people like I have never at any point felt the urge and like I've, I've heard it is like an urge like, yeah to have children like yeah. I would hear like um you know even as early as like high school and and definitely into college, like my girlfriends would be like, they would see babies or whatever. And they'd Mm -hmm. be like, Oh my God, that makes my ovaries ache. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that means. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, are you ovulating? Cause um, yeah. (laughs) You're like, honey, that's cramps. That's just cramps. You're fine. (laughs) But yeah, I've never, I mean, and you know, I'm a little bit, I'm probably not going to say this correctly, but I, I don't love children. Mm. I don't understand them. I think even when I was a child, I didn't understand them. Yeah. I didn't feel like every other child. I was a much more like grown up, quiet, keep to myself child. Uh And so I don't understand, especially loud children. Yeah. And I am sensitive to noise anyway. So like, it's not that like I'm a child hater by any means. And I think that that's 
it's a stigma that we absolutely have to like try to get. Well, past. it's not a dichotomy, right? Right. It's not like you either like lo- like you know even you saying this. I'm like listening to you, and I you know realized two seconds ago I was like I love children, <laughs> and I'm like, but I I feel like that's that's the the challenging part of it is like. It isn't a dichotomy. It's not just like, I fucking love children. I love your children. I love screaming children. I love children in an adult restaurant. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. And, right. it all, and it's not also like, I fucking hate children. I never want to be around right. them, like, ever. Like, right. But there are just some people who children, like any other living, breathing, homo sapien, some of them I get along with. Yes. Some of them I don't. Absolutely. They're just yeah. little beings, right. and they're figuring it out, and, and some that's of them fine. Are like more your your jam than others. Yeah, that's definitely just yeah how humans work. And I understand that they're all just kids, and they're figuring it out. So in that way, like I enjoy children because I'm fascinated by them. But yeah, yeah. I mean, so okay. I was also within this study that I was reading. I think that this is another part of it that it's just like so closely tied that like people sometimes don't even know that they're doing it, that they're like being so like intense about child rearing or not child rearing. I see. Yeah. Um, like they can, it's passionate. Right. Because like, but it's, but it's also like so psychologically entrenched, mm-hmm. I think, because so they were doing all these studies and they were Basically showing that, like, most people sort of viewed, like, overwhelmingly viewed people who opted to be child-free as less, like, how do they put it? Less psychologically fulfilled. And that they... uh, Who viewed them that way? The people who had children? No. Just, uh, it was, like, a study of college-age children, or children, college-age through, like, 45-year-old people. Uh-huh. Like, regardless, and it was, like, both genders, and I don't know if they had child, I think it was, like, a mixture, mm-hmm. but, like, even then, like, most people, no, you know what it was? It was people who hadn't yet reached the age where they had decided to have families. Okay. And okay. they're looking at people who I think are married or of age to have children and had opted not to. Okay. And their perception of those people was that they were less psychologically fulfilled than the people who had two children. Okay. So, so like people who are like pre family and life decision making, mm-hmm. kind of you're on the precipice and you're like, what's next? And like you're shown two portraits and you're like, here's family A that has like a couple kids and here is family B that has no kids. And they're like, seems like family A with the two kids is kind of like psychologically got some things working in their favor because they're able to have the two kids as opposed to family B because like, why don't they have kids? No, but the, it was known to the people who were doing the judging. Mm-hmm. They chose not to have children. Oh, interesting. Like, so they thought something was wrong with them. Yeah. Oh, well probably. And then Something's also wrong with all of us. And so then also those same people who opted to not have children in the same study were, um, <laughs> They experience significantly higher moral outrage toward them. Like people surprise, basically think surprise. that they are like, um, like they're not fulfilling their moral imperative to like procreate. But here's my question. All right, is sorry. it a moral imperative? It, no, well, <laughs> no. And then also, you know, like I, I've watched my sister have two beautiful children. I've watched friends of mine who are independent, progressive um, thinkers who are just going to do exactly what they want to do. And I've watched them struggle with the loss of independence, especially women, and the loss of identity they had before children because your body changes so much changes. And these are women who love their children and would not trade it for a minute. But I've watched that happen, Mm -hmm. right? And these are women who wanted children, wanted them desperately, Here's my thing. Yeah. I don't want them. Yeah. Then to go through the thing where I'm like, my body's not my own. I'm a milking cow now. Right. And when I've tried to like talk to my mom about that, she's like, it changes. It changes when you have a baby. And I'm like, but it's not a risk I'm willing to take just for like this 
and, and, you know, oh, you'll love it. You have to do it. It changes your life. And it's like, but I don't want to, Yeah, you know, like, I mean, I feel really, really lucky that I've never even questioned my desire to not have children. Mm -hmm. It's just never really, I've never thought like "Hmm, maybe one day or Mm -hmm. whatever, never, just never wanted them. And so I do feel lucky in that sense because I think that like kind of the, the, should I, should I not struggle would be a very real mm-hmm. and difficult one. It's, and especially, so it's a little bit easier for me when people kind of give me all of that bullshit about like, well, you might change your mind or right. sure. like, you know, you're going to regret not having them or, you know, what are the other classics? Oh, can I just talk about one that I fucking hate the most, yeah. which is like, who's going to take care of you in your oh, old yeah, age? Yeah, 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 and yeah. my number one response, I'm bringing it so much back to my hospital job tonight. <laughs> but my number one response would be, I've worked in a fucking hospital. I've seen people with children. The, their children just fucking abandon them. Yeah. Or their children have their own shit going on. Yeah. Or daughters, like, I'm tied up with A, B, and C, and D. I'll just yeah. send a check. Let's put them in a home. Like, this idea that, like, having children is, like, a safety net for your future and your inevitable death and old age mm-hmm. is bullshit. Yeah. You don't know the kids you're going to have. Yeah. I hope for everyone who has kids and, like, that's in their little, like, child fantasy album <laughs> that, like, they get that ending. Right. But the truth is, like, that's not guaranteed. Yeah. So that argument is – it just infuriates me. Yeah. It is a, qu- a quite annoying one. I mean – Who's going to care for you in your old age? Right. I mean, it's also like, you know, you die alone anyway. Yeah. Like, no one dies, like, holding hands and going out at the same time together. It's totally. Like, you know, it. Uh, I don't know. And I mean, there are th- systems in place now. Like, you can set things up to, right. you know, anyway. Yes. I mean, and it doesn't, that's <laughs> like, it sounds so bleak or whatever, but it's, uh, and here's the other thing. Like, I don't want to start comparing lives because it's like one thing isn't better than the other. It's just what you want. Yes. And what I want is to have the freedom of my own time and to do the things that I want to do when I want to do them. And I didn't want to wait for that that stuff. And no. I didn't want to like put my life on hold for 18 plus years or whatever. It just, it, Especially for something that I wasn't interested in doing, which is parenting. Yeah. Like, I I can barely parent cats. (laughs) I don't. And you know what? Some men aren't involved in their children's lives. And it's like, oh, he's just not involved as a father. Like, he should be more involved. As a mother, there's way more weight on it. And I feel like it's just yet another way... Okay, here she goes. Um, (laughs) The patriarchy has fucking found a way to create this major divide, mostly between women. Yeah. Because really, when you look at this discussion, it's between women. It's you're selfish versus selfless or, you know, like, and it's... It it's not black or white. Right. It's not well, black or white. And then also sort of men get to have this societal perception and treatment that it's like if they don't have kids, it's fine. But don't you – I mean, I know that I get this. And it's subtle to the point of, like, people trying to, like, really not do it. But you can always see it and you can always tell that it's there. There's this perception that your life is, like, less full Mm-hmm. Or, like, that your family kind of has to worry about you. Mm-hmm. Because, and they like, do. That's because fine. you don't have, like, family around you, you know? And it's, like, nobody do. Like, my yeah. wife is my family. Yeah. And, like, my friends are my family. Totally. And I have a very, very full life. And it is very happy and fulfilled. And it has, like, nothing to do with the fact that I don't have children. But it doesn't have any – like, it wouldn't – like, having children wouldn't make that any less or more true. Like, I don't know. And yeah, and maybe just like be happy for me like in a non-traditional way. And like, I do feel really lucky and grateful for both of my parents because my dad, who is quite conservative at his core in every way and, you know, uh, typically kind of non-traditional things, like he can kind of, he'll kind of lean into it, but there's always a little bit of like, you know, he, he likes a traditional model, but he always says like when even we we he was visiting with friends of his and one of them asked they were having dinner with Jamie and I and one of them asked like you do you guys have kids at home and I was like oh no 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 we're not gonna have kids and my dad was just like she never wanted them 
Mm. You know, and then just like moved on yeah. like, just that quickly and not like in a, it's embarrassing. We don't want to talk about it. Right. Like it was just like, we've like, been yeah, through this thing. before. Right, right. She doesn't want kids Yeah, that's and nice. doing this thing, leaving the job, doing the private practice has brought out this really excellent, um, uh, like kind of like side to my relationship with my mom where she has been so incredibly encouraging of me for taking a risk. Mm. And she has said things like, you have the time right. and the energy to devote to this. That means it's there. Give it, give it your all. You've got the time. Do it. You right. know what I mean? And um yeah, I, I I do feel lucky that they, you know, it wasn't always that way with my mom. Like she, she want, I think she still would love for me to have kids, but mm-hmm. she, I think she knows now, like my energy, like, like you were saying, my life isn't empty. Right. Like I'm just pivoting my energy somewhere else. Like right. the kid thing wasn't for me, but that doesn't mean that I don't have like that developmental urge to do something regenerative and to give back and to build something. Well, that's what like, you do in your job though. Totally. Like you help people. And that is like a huge part of like putting your energy into doing something good for the world, which I think a lot of people sort of see is like their role as parents is like, you know, putting themselves to like future grow the betterment of the world or whatever. Yeah. And so then they see us as selfish for like, not doing anything for the world or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm helping with that climate change problem, but that's yeah. cool too. <laughs> you know, and I just met um, another mental health professional um, and she doesn't have children. And we were at a, 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 a kind of a meeting and um, we were with some male colleagues and one of them was a, a mansplaining just a little mm-hmm. about like women and hormones and children. Oh, and and uh, she's uh, very open about it. And I, it was the first time I'd seen another woman just to a room be like, well, and not like in any kind of like emotionally manipulative way. Just she's like, I wouldn't know. And then like went on to like the next like topic at hand hmm. that was still related. Right. Kind of like, well, like, cause he was kind of looking to us, you know? And, hmm. and I was like that thing that if you are a woman who doesn't have children, you've been in those situations where somebody's like, you know, hormones that this and that, and after you give birth and that's a mother's protective nature and like mm-hmm. all these whopping generalizations. And then to have her just kind of so proudly and confidently be like, Oh, I don't know about that. But mm-hmm. so like, and it was mm-hmm. just so nice and yeah. freeing yeah. and it was such great modeling. Just to take ownership and not be like, oh, that's something that I have to like pretend. Or that, apologize. Like, yeah, or apologize. And be like, oh, I wouldn't know. I, I just never, it was never for me. And yeah. I love children and <laughs> the whole fucking spiel you have to do. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, that leads me to an interesting thought where, so uh, I feel like, Parents get to talk about parenting so much mm-hmm. and they get to complain about parenting and they get to like do all of those things because at the end of the day they say like, but I would never, ever, ever, ever give it up or whatever. Sure. But like child-free people aren't really allowed to just sit around and be like, God, it's so fucking awesome not having kids. Like I yeah. love coming home and that my time is my own and that I have like to devote to this or to devote to nothing if I want to. Like I get to take baths and not bathe someone else. Like yeah. I get to do those things and it's a fucking amazing yeah we're not allowed to do that because like could you imagine if we did that in a group of people like do you know selfish they would think they they would just be like how dare you yeah and like what's like you're horrible yeah but it's like but my i can't celebrate my life choices like that's a fucking great part of my life that like sometimes i think that i would love to be able to celebrate and I, I do sometimes, I mean, Jamie and I do it all the time. Like he, one time he said to me something like really funny. He was just like, you know what the greatest sound on the weekend is? And I was like, what? He's like the sound of not waking up to children. Oh, hell yeah. And I was like, yeah, like that. And, but here's the other thing. I've also experienced my nieces on vacation when we share like a rental property or when I'm at my mom's house and my sister right. and niece are staying there. I've also delighted and giggled in the fact that like my niece is trying to climb in bed with me while I'm still half asleep and I'm just like, and I wake up in like immediate play mode <laughs> and it doesn't mean that I'm dismissing your choice and I right. hope it brings you joy in your life, but I can tell you this. Not having it most of the time brings me joy in mind. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. I I, I just think it's, I mean, even the people who 
who might want kids and then just never had them, like, I don't think that there's much space for them to say too. Like sometimes it really sucks. Like not having the kids that I wanted. Like I, yeah. you, you hear it sometimes, but you don't really hear the voice of that very often where it's like the child-free people who didn't do it by choice. Um, you know, where like it's just, there's just so much space for parents to talk because that's the norm, right? right. That's just like the, the majority and the norm is for like parents to complain about parenting, but then also to be like, Oh, my child's the best. And look at all these fucking pictures of them. Like, all over the internet and like stories about their lives and you know like suddenly you don't get updates about your friends anymore it's just updates about their kids <laughs> like you know yeah, like that sort totally. of stuff and you're like cool I'm glad that parenting has taken up like your entire personality but like I should also be able to talk about my life and that's just as full yeah and it's not being selfish for me to talk about me when you're talking about your children like they think suddenly like well you like, I'm talking about my kids, though. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so that's not selfish? Yeah. Cool. But the other what thing, is it like, then? I think that there's something, I mean, I'm hopeful. Maybe this is just me, like, doing, like, wishful thinking. But I do think that, like, I've seen it more with some of my female friends who have kids, like, that it, they have been really supportive of me, especially, like, in this career transition I'm right. doing. And, like... Um, that was like either a firecracker or a gun. So let me ask you this. Yeah. When a gun goes off, does it make like a blue light? No. Okay. I think it was a firecracker. Okay. Why would there be a random firecracker? I don't know. Huh? Oh my God. Okay. Mark the time. It's 7.09 p.m. Yeah, 7.09 p.m. Um, I mean, it wasn't a blue light like a firecracker, but, like, it was definitely like a poof, like a light came from it. Okay, that was not a gun. I don't think it was a gun. Okay. But it was definitely a kapow. Um, This is also, while we're on the topic, this is the fucking world we live in. Yeah. Where both of us just jumped, our shoulders, like, jumped. We looked at each other in terror. Mm-hmm. Just now for a brief second, like, what do we do? And you know what? That certainly doesn't inspire me to want to fucking have kids anytime soon. No kidding. That's the other thing, too. Like, I think about, so again, this is going to start getting into the realms of like, oh, why are people having children? I don't mean that. Like, please, your choice is your choice. But like, if it were me, I would just be terrified all the time Mm -hmm. right now. Like, Mm -hmm. with the school shootings and the number of, like, children who die every year from, like, gun violence and just, like, then what if your child, like, gets bullied online because the social media bullying bullying is just insane. And then the revenge porn that's out there and, like, just life-ruining. Like, if you had a daughter, could you imagine? No. No, and I don't want to. I mean, I just think about, like the kids I care about in my life and like it's just so it's yeah you worry for them I do worry yeah. for them Same. I, I worry for my nieces and nephew and my friends who are having kids I worry for their kids I I worry yeah you know yeah I mean yeah I do I do want to say like the people in our lives I, of course, we're just talking about like society in general or the majority of conversations. There are so many wonderful people who have kids and don't act this way or don't think these things or don't treat us this way. No. Yeah, of um, course. We're just speaking more in general terms of like, you know. Well, there's a mass stigma. Yeah. There the is mass a mass stigma. stigma yeah. against especially women yeah. who don't want to have kids. I mean, like. You know, Jamie and I have talked about it, and he's like, it's so different if, um, like, a man is like, oh, we're not, I don't think we're going to have kids, or like, oh, we don't want kids. He never, ever gets any kind of, like, guff or feedback or, like, that's mm. that's negative, guilt-inducing, or, like, you're doing something wrong. Interesting. It's like, especially from other men, because mm-hmm. we've talked about this, it's just like, 
I go, I get it, man. I get it, man. It's not for everyone. Mm. Look, I love mine, but it's a da 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 You know, or like, oh, Danielle and I don't want to have kids. And it's like, oh, shoot, we should have done that. You know, they guffaw and laugh it off and then it move on to the next topic. Like when you're sometimes with other women, um, you say, I don't want to have kids. And the room goes quiet. And yeah. then they're like... There's an awkwardness to it where people kind of don't know what to do with it. My favorite is when someone says, well, you could adopt because they automatically assume <laughs> you can't have that I can't. Right. And I'm just like, well, I don't know because I've never tried right. really in earnest. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I know I don't want to. You're right. Um, so in terms of like. Talking about the perks and, like, the things that make us happy about it and, like, how there's, like, a Mother's Day and a Father's Day. Mm. Did you know that there's an International Child-Free Day? What? There is. There's, like, a whole group of people and they, like, nominate, like, um, child-free, like, group and individual and, like, of the year. Mm -hmm. And they, like, get prizes and stuff. Um, yes. kind of awesome. And I think that they have, like, social media. Um... But it's August 1st, mm. and I feel like we should start celebrating it. We should absolutely start celebrating it. Um, one thing I do want to talk about while we're on the topic of child-free lifestyles mm. is people who choose to use parental language around their pets. Oh, okay. I was going to – yes, that and – Go ahead. No, I was uh, – let, no, let's go into the pets first. Okay. So I, so I don't know if it's like a Southern thing. No one ever referred to pet owners as mom and dad. I came out in the South. In the South. Never. You would never hear somebody like their dog was like running around and be like, oh, like dad's trying to rein you in. (laughs) And then I came out here and everyone referred to like their pet parents as like mom or pet dad or like, and so I was like, we are never going to do that. I secretly hate it. I really... I hate it. I did not give birth to a dog. Nope, nope, nope. And do we have, like, a relationship that is unique and are they, like... Dependent on you? 100. Yeah. But they're also dogs. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And they're going to 100% die before you do. I know. (laughs) Sorry. No, it's okay. I think about it all the time. I mean, I guess accidents could happen. You could die before them. Plus, Penny could just live forever. That's true. Penny could live forever. But, I mean, yeah, it makes me really uncomfortable, too. Like, it slips sometimes. Steph doesn't do it often, but she's slipped a couple of times and been like, oh, don't make your mom mad or whatever. And I'm like, I am not their mother. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, they're cats. uh, Oh, that made Fiona's head turn, and she was just staring at me like, what? Um. But yeah, I, I love them. They're cute and stuff. But yeah. like, and I definitely do baby voice with them. I, I think that it kind of though, if I were an actual parent of a human baby, I would feel pissed off at people who do that because I definitely do understand that there is a bond and there is a love and there is a relationship difference between a parent and a baby. Who yeah. Is, their baby yeah than a pet that you just have in your house 100 percent, and i and i'm the one who brought it up but i will also say like my dogs are the closest approximation to having children mm-hmm. i'm like my parent my jamie's parents and my dad call them um and i think my mom's called them one, this once or twice before the grand dogs mm-hmm which is ridiculous, but very it's funny. Cute. But it's funny and it's cute and like they ask how they're doing and like they're such a big part of our lives and like we love them, but like they aren't a replacement. No, exactly. For children. Oh, totally, totally. Do You're you know not what filling I mean? a void. Right. It's right. not like we yeah. have the dog. It's like no, I just love dogs. Like, we grew up having dogs in the house. Like, I like having dogs around. I'm a dog person. Right. So, like, yeah. And, like, do now because our family is Jamie and I and two pups, like, is is that, like, our family zone? Yeah, yeah. it is. Like, Well, and, like, I mean, there is some sort of, like, 
biological part of the bond between domesticated animals and people because that relationship has grown throughout, you know, all of history to sort of like, you know, be this mutually beneficial, at least emotionally relationship, right? So I mean, there's some, yeah. there's some sort of, you know, drive there that makes us want to be around these pets and have them in our lives and love them and take care of them. You know, they're goddamn parasites, which is a whole different episode. I have a whole, and let me or tell you this. are we the parasites? I, yeah, right. Yeah. I love. See parasite, everybody. <laughs> Subliminal marketing. Uh, like, yeah, no, I, I love my dogs more than anything, but I just sometimes am like, goddamn evolution with those cute eyes yeah, and those, yeah, yeah. and those eyebrows that move. Yeah, that and article like, about yeah. how dogs' eyebrows are uh, like, oh. they've like learned to like yeah. make their face make yeah. these sh- like shapes basically adorable that, ass faces yeah, so that, that make I us feed just them, want to, like, take more care of them and yeah well uh-huh. that's what babies are too right they're yeah. so cute for a well reason. and they make noises like I mean when my sister was giving uh and I've got to be present for it when she was giving birth to my nephew and she was in so much excruciating pain like and I love her to the end and watching her suffer and struggle made me so angry at that baby. Yeah, and I was stop just hurting like, my sister. I don't like you already. And then he came out and, you know, they talk about like the noises they make yeah. and it's real, man. Mm-hmm. I felt like, and I can, I'm not even like biologically, like genetically tied in yeah. the way that my sister is. But right, like, right. even when he came out and he started cooing, like right. me hearing it, I was like, I love you always and forever. We are bonded. Like, there was just something. Well, and it's crazy, too, because, like, my niece and nephew, same thing. Like, I just, I love them so much, and I loved, loved, like, being around them when they were little, especially. But it's so interesting, too, how, like, it's very weird how tuned we are to this. But I can see my family in them. Mm, yeah, And, yeah, like, yeah. certain family members oh, and, yeah. like, lines of my family. Yeah. And, like... I can see where it diverges from my family to my brother-in-law's family. Like, it's so weird how you can just see that stuff. Oh, yes. It's, and, like, you're so connected to them because you're like, oh, my God, I, like, see all of this. Like, it's just nuts. It's yeah. It's so crazy. In the physical traits and then my... Also in their smells. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, interesting. how funny. Yeah. yeah. I know. My... I'm sorry, that sounds really creepy, but it's just... Is what it is. Facts. <laughs> facts. Fucking facts. Um, yeah, this was an episode we talked about doing for a while, and mm-hmm. it, it's, like, tricky, and it was, like, when do we tackle it? How do we tackle it? I have a, a question that might kind of bring it to a difficult place. Okay. Because I've thought about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you think that your parents wanted kids, or do you think – they were in a time period where it was like, that's just what you do. I'm going to go with a hard, that's just what you do. Same. Actually, my dad told me as much, and I respected him for that. Um, my mom, I think she was probably going to be one of those people who always wanted kids, but I feel like given a different time and maybe a different upbringing, she would have focused on her own life more and had some time to grow up a little bit and like not have to take care of two kids, especially eventually yeah. on her own. Yep. I my, think. and I think it was opposite. I think my dad really wanted kids mm-hmm. and like, that's what he wanted to do. And I think my mom grew up in a pretty chaotic household and marriage, uh, was a way out of that. And it was like, okay, now we're married and now we have kids and this is just what we do. And, I'm with you because I think that she avoided unintentionally, like maybe pursuing some things that, and we've talked about it and she's been really lovely. And she said things like I, even like the divorce, like when they went through the divorce and my sister and I would just like, we talk about it. My mom would be like, it was still the best thing that ever happened to me because I got the two of you, you know, even though like, you know, she talks still to this day, like all the time about how she would have really enjoyed being a doctor. Yeah. And it's just like, but she's like, but I got the two of you, you know what I mean? But there is this part of me that's like, I really wish you could have had that. Yeah, totally. I mean, and my mom did incredible things like with having children and like went back to school. And I think that your mom did too. Yep. And, you know, we're able to do those things, like, while having children. And But I think that it just, 
to me, like the timing maybe would have been different, I think, in retrospect for them. Yeah. But I, you know, I don't know that for sure, but that's just a guess. You know, we keep talking about having our moms on yeah. the podcast. Would be very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I... I mean, what a oh, yo, 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 yo. Like, <laughs> my inner child and inner therapist are like fist fighting right now. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, but I think that would be a really interesting conversation though. Yeah. To have with them about like ask them about their experience with not having, or maybe let me rephrase that. Um, the choices that they made, and obviously, like, the question isn't meant to elicit regret or, you know, but also to talk about, like, how did it happen? Yeah. You know what I mean? At what point did you know? And, I mean, I know enough people who've gotten knocked up and are living very happy lives with their kids to know that most – and. Yeah, most pregnancies are unplanned and right. people are pretty happy with it because I was unplanned. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I was. My sister was super planned and hoped mm. for and prayed for and was a difficult pregnancy. Mm. Um but yeah, I don't know if I was unplanned. I would I would bet that I was planned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think that that's something that is an interesting thing, though, to sort of unpack is just, like, I do feel really, really lucky that I live in a time period where I get to choose those things. Mm -hmm. And it's not chosen for me or just sort of, like, seen as, like, there's something wrong with you or like maybe you're cursed by the devil because you can't have children no but seriously <laughs> no, we no, just yeah, we've yeah. recently been talking a lot about henry the eighth and like how he thought that like his like some of his wives were just like cursing him and cursed because they like wouldn't bear him a son or whatever you know but like the way that like women's bodies and like the the sort of whole purpose of them is just to produce children i i feel grateful to live in a time where that is not the the well it seems like it's not the overarching mentality about what women's bodies are for. Some people still believe and think that way, but... Hey, we are at the kind of, like, foundation uh, beginning to launch feminist revolution here. I mean, we're talking, like, 1920. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's just still so new. Like, you know, we're... and, And also, like, I mean... Can you imagine in 1950 even having this conversation? Do you know how... I mean, shit, 1970. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's just so... I know. We... I think we are the... um, We are the... uh, I don't want to say leaders, but I feel like we're ushering in uh, a new conversation yeah. for women who feel this way. And I think, yeah. yeah, these, these, like our generation and definitely the next ones are definitely are going to be the ones to have those wider conversations for sure. I just think that like, even though sort of by action, more women are, are choosing not to have children by like representation kind of bringing it back around like that still hasn't grown that much and I think that that's why like conversations like this and like putting this out there and like trying to like have this more like public forum for these types of conversations is really important because it's like hey we're not like coming out with like a child free revolution where we're like nobody should have children like that's not at all but it's like (laughs) hey let's make space for people who don't want them and know they don't want them and like to be able to talk about it or even not even, but also spaces for people who, you know, maybe just can't have children because they financially can't afford it and they want them, but they're like responsible enough to be like, I can't do or like I don't have because the like work. I don't have the means. Biologically, they don't have the wherewithal, and guess what? Exactly. The ad- the adoption and surrogacy option is a big fuck you to them, mm-hmm. and they're angry and conflicted and or learning to make peace and all of the above. And I want to hear that story. You know what I mean? I want to talk to those people because I feel, I don't know their stories because no one ever talks about that. Well, and then sometimes like the privilege of choosing to have children or not to have children sometimes feels like for the wealthy. Well, and also it's a big pro-life argument right is 
a lot of women get pregnant and if they're on the fence, they say, I just keep thinking about all the women who just wish for a baby and I, yeah. 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 I know because I mean, I just think like the, the, if, if you physically cannot have children and you also don't have the means to do anything about that, like you can't afford IVF, you can't really afford adoption. Like that doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. Like there's just so many or the discrimination against single women, yeah, who want to have children or adopt or definitely. do it on their own. Like, right. I mean, and we haven't even gone into the whole um, sort of homophobia aspect of it, where that is like sort of I think a piece built into homophobia is that like same sex bodies can't uh, like biologically make a child together. Yeah, so there's like a whole layer within that of it just being like, well, like you shouldn't be together because the whole point is for baby making. Yeah. And it's like, there's just, there's so much there. I know. I feel like as we pivot into this new space and time realm where we have more space and time, Mm -hmm. um, this topic is something that I feel like we could really, um, explore deeply I want to end on like a couple things like on the note of like shame and like I I just want to say like I it has taken I was gonna say it's taken me a while to come to terms and peace with the fact that like I'm like I am not selfish for not wanting to but I still oscillate like I'm still not at peace with that because I'm like maybe I am I don't know but one thing I can say for sure is that I feel very grateful to live in a time where you and I can have this conversation and that I can have a best friend who one of the things that we've bonded early over and continue to talk about is the fact that we just don't want it. And we're uh, supportive of each other and, you know, and we celebrate when our friends have kids and we're happy for them and when our family members have children and, I show you photos of my niece and nephew. Mm-hmm. You do the same, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we just, yeah, it's 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 a it's a tough place to be in. And like I was saying when we started off, like I feel like somehow it's almost like I need a language for it that I don't have yet, right. or something. Right, like a word for um, fulfilled life sans children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that yeah. should just be like a, a state of being in, in a word that like when you say it, people are like, oh, that's what you, oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. I get it. Like, yeah. Instead of like all these caveats, like, no, I've never wanted them. And like, yes, I'm perfectly fine. And no, I'm not sorry that I don't have yeah, them. And no, which... I won't regret it. And da, 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 da. Like if you could just condense it into like one phrase or word and people would just like understand like, oh, okay. You chose not to have them in like, it's all wrapped up in this. Yeah. I'm wondering like if we should we should have a guest mm. and we should uh maybe explore that this season at some point and um uh talk about it because I mean there's so many variables and myriad of like of ways that this could go in terms of like this conversation yeah. and how it looks different from so many angles. Well, maybe lots of guests and like some from a lot of different realms of this story, you know, people who've, you know, had trouble uh, conceiving and people who have had children and people who just have chosen not to have them or, you know, just various, all of the various levels of it. It's a really fascinating thing to unpack and maybe like, and there's so much to it. Yeah, exactly. And so maybe like hearing more from all the different realms can kind of like lead to some, I don't know, sort of like ground in the middle that like everyone's like, oh yeah, but these are the fundamental truths about all of this stuff. Yeah. Cause that's there. Right. But again, if we're not talking about it, we can't uncover those things. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, oof. It always goes by so fast. I know. Like there's so much to say I know, about I these know. topics. Especially all the time. this one. I was just yeah. like, oh my God, I could go on forever. No, totally. And we will at some point. <laughs> I want to think that we've gotten some new listeners lately. Yeah. Um I wanna thanks I wanna thanks you. <laughs> I, I want to thanks you for tuning in and listening. Um yeah. we appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us, uh shamepod at gmail. Right. Or you can hit us up on the socials. Yes, at ShamePod. Um, and then, you know, find us on all of the platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Stitcher, I think. Like, subscribe. SoundCloud. Get a tattoo. Whatever write it takes. Us. Yeah, write us. Skywrite us. <laughs> uh, send us mail. No, don't send us mail. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. thanks for listening. Yes. And uh, we'll uh, see, see you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Bye. Bye.